Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Two Man Blitz. Today is Friday, January 27th, 2017. This is the latest we, we've ever done the show. I'm sorry we it, it took so long for us to get this out. Um, I'm Taylor, by the way. My name's Daniel. Tell them why we're late on it. So it's been a, it's been a weird week, man. We uh, we weren't able to get our schedules matched up on Wednesday, and then our our goal was to get up real early Thursday morning and do the show, <laughs> and have my alarm set for 4:45, 4:50, 4:55, and five o'clock. I turned every one of those alarms off, and I woke up at 6 a.m. and yelled the f word about seven times. <laughs> I was so pissed because I was like, "There's no way we can get it done." I got dressed and I was like, "Is there any way we could possibly get there?" get the show done and make it to work on time. And I was like, no, I was like, no. <laughs> and then couldn't, couldn't do it after work yesterday. Had some things going on. So we both had the day off today. We're both at home. Daniel's laying back in bed, half naked with his, with this mic on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> My baby fell wrong. asleep. My baby fell asleep. So I have like a 45 minute window to get this done. So Let's get into it, Doug. All right. Couple of things I got on tap here, man. Um, this happened like right after we ended our show last week. The Raiders filed a move to Las Vegas. Yep. You got any thoughts on that? Vegas trips are going to be a lot cooler now because you can go watch football games if you're there for the weekend. So people will now start making trips and saying, hey, we're going to go watch the Raiders play in their new stadium, and then you make a whole trip out of it. Yeah, man. I think I think it's I think it's pretty cool having a team in Vegas. I don't like the fact that there's been three moves in the past two years. Now this Vegas move isn't like official. Like they, the owners have to vote on it, so the owners could shut it down. But supposedly, what they always say is that if Jerry Jones is on board, the rest of the owners just kind of fall in line because they just do whatever Jerry wants to do. And Jerry Jones is in favor of having a team in Vegas. So we'll see how that ends up. But I think it's cool because living in Arizona, like you, Vegas is what like four hours away, maybe. So six. I mean, we, it's about six. Six. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we can get on the road and get there quickly to see a to see a game. I mean, you got the Cardinals here, but you know, you can go out there and see the Raiders, and you know, there's teams that the Raiders are going to play more often than the the Cardinals will play. Like a team in the AFC, like like Cardinals will t- will play a team in the AFC here, you know, once every eight years, whereas over there they may play, you know, every other year pretty much. So I think I think it's cool just having somewhere closer, but. We'll see, man. The, the poor Raiders, man. They they finally got a good team, and they're being stripped from Oakland. That kind of that kind of stinks for those fans. Yeah, I know. It's very interesting that they chose at Las Vegas. And if you guys haven't read up on it, they the reason why Taylor's saying that it's not official yet is because they just filed their relocation paperwork. So if it does go through after they vote on it, then that'll be uh make the move official. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm on the same board. I'm on board with you, man. It's it's just a different team to go see. I mean, you could drive. Well, for us, it's about six hours to go to San Diego. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you got a couple teams in L.A. now, though. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, it's just another switch up and another team you can go watch eventually. Yeah. A couple more things. Um, the Seahawks, we, we briefly talked about this last week, about how uh, Pete Carroll came out on his radio show and said that uh, um, Richard Sherman's been playing with, like, a torn MCL or – Strain MCL yeah. or something like that. Something's wrong with his MCL for the past, you know, five to ten weeks or however long it's been. I think it's been a lot of the season. He's he's had this MCL injury, and I think Pete Carroll was coming out and saying that just like, hey, that's just just something to mention. Well, the NFL came out and said basically you can't you can't hide injuries. Like if you if you're if a player's injured, you have to mark you have to write it on the injury report, and he hasn't been on the injury report. So it sounds like they're going to be docked a a second round pick. For hiding that injury not a good sign for them either because they could have used that pick you know for a lineman we saw how bad their offensive line was this year and who knows if they spent a first rounder on a lineman this year but they need all the help they can get young talent and not have to go out and sign some big free agent you know we'll see their gm and their coaching staff has done a great job drafting defense and drafting like good young players you know, over the last, like, you know, five years, however long, you know, Pete Carroll's been around there. But since 2010, the Seahawks have spent 14 draft picks on offensive linemen. That's tied with the 49ers for the most in the NFL. That's pretty nuts. So their offensive line is the worst in the NFL, but yet they've they've been drafting them. They've just been drafting not guys that are any good. Maybe it just lies with the coaching. Maybe the line coach needs to get better. Who knows? 
Yeah, who knows? I I heard the line coach was like up for possibly like a promotion to the Niners, and I'm like, well, what has the line coach done, man? They have the worst offensive line in football. <laughs> Tom Cable, yeah. Yeah. Um, one more thing to mention. Uh, this week is a Senior Bowl week. Uh, this is usually I, I partake and I watch a lot of the practices and stuff and kind of follow up on it. And this year, maybe because I have a baby now, I just haven't been able to. Uh, the Senior Bowl is actually tomorrow. It's tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. So that's that's 12.30 out here in the desert. So I'll, I'm going to watch that. Um, I don't have to work tomorrow. So I'll, t- I'll tune into that and kind of check that out. The reason why the Senior Bowl is, is, is so important, I remember last year, uh, Dak Prescott had a huge Senior Bowl week. Um, but so did Braxton Miller. Uh, Dak Prescott didn't get talked about very much, but I, I watched him in the Senior Bowl, and I was like, all right, this guy looks like he's pretty good. I didn't think he'd be anywhere near where he is right now, but he looked like a like a decent quarterback and looked like he could, he could run that offense pretty well and thought he would do decent in the NFL. Not, not this quickly, though. But then Braxton Miller, man. Braxton Miller was the talk of the Senior Bowl last week, and you know he hasn't really been a part of the Houston offense this year. Maybe it's just because it's only his second year playing at the right wide receiver position, but uh, the Senior Bowl can, you know – uh, raise a lot of players draft stock that's for sure yeah Noah Spence is another person that could have been thrown in there Noah Spence had some problems in college and he transferred from Ohio State over to I believe it's Eastern Michigan or something like that one of those Eastern of those, Kentucky Eastern Kentucky yeah it's one of those smaller schools but you know he was highly regarded coming out of the draft when he was at Ohio State and then his his stock fell and then he goes to Eastern Eastern Kentucky, and then he plays in the Senior Bowl, and he was a second round draft pick this last year for the Bucks, and he immediately started. So, it just goes to show that the exposure of the Senior Bowl and actually getting to work with the NFL coaches can help you in the long run. Dak Prescott won MVP of the Senior Bowl that day, and he was still dropped to the fourth round. So it's it's very interesting how the draft stock and you get an idea of what you're getting from a player. Yeah, the Senior Bowl was like the first time like you ever heard about Carson Wentz, like. Even like the week before, no one knew who Carson Wentz was, and Carson Wentz was another you know big time name talking about. And you know they came out and like, oh, this guy could be a top five pick, and you're just like, well, what are you what are you talking about? Because um, then really no one had ever heard of him playing up in uh, North Dakota. So yeah, I'm 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 interested to check that out tomorrow, and with me being off today and tomorrow, I'm gonna definitely read up more on the that's one of the players. Now that the NFL season's almost over, you know we got one more game here. Um, me and Daniel are definitely going to spend some more time looking into some of the college players and and prospects and kind of learn a little more about that. And as we get closer to the draft, um, kind of you know make some rankings and assessment of all the of all the prospects. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about, about what we're going to do here in the off season. Still still trying to figure out each show, but uh, one thing that we're definitely going to do outside of just you know doing some scouting on the prospects, watching the combine, that kind of stuff is. Go down and you know go through all 32 teams and, and figure out what what they need. You know what what needs they have on offense, what needs they have on defense. Talk about you know some good fits. The, there's a lot of free agents coming out this year. Free agent class isn't like superb, but there are some some good players coming out. So we'll see what players maybe fit into to certain situations better and um, kind of get into that. And we'll we'll make sure and fill fill the off season with some good stuff. Yeah, I was just looking right now at our uh, before we started this podcast, we did a NFL mock draft from last year. Remember when we did all the draft picks? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm just looking at my draft picks yesterday, and I I got I got the one and two pick right, and then the only other pick I got right was Paxton Lynch on the Broncos. Oh but, really? Yeah, and uh, oh excuse me, and Ryan Kelly uh, to the Colts. But that's really the only other um, draft picks I got right. So it's very interesting to see how it goes. Like it goes way different. Like Tunsil dropped from way up there all the way down to the Dolphins, and I mean it was because of that video that came out. So it's very it's cool to go back and see how you did in your draft. And I mean I didn't do very well, but it was my first draft. I'm not gonna get all upset about it. So this is uh, I don't remember when the draft was yet last year. I don't know if it was in April or May, but. This was uh, as of April 27th, 2016. Um, I had the, the Titans taking Laramie Tunsil one, Browns, Carson Wentz, Chargers, Jalen Ramsey, Cowboys taking Miles Jack, uh, <laughs> the Jaguars taking Vernon Hargraves. I had Boza going to the Ravens, Treadwell going to the Niners. Uh, I had 
Jared Goff going to the Rams, but you know, obviously. So this was before, prior to the trade. It looks like. Um, what else did I have on here? I had Ezekiel Elliott going to the Jets at twenty. <laughs> yeah. I had Zeke going to the Dolphins at thirteen. Who else? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get that very good. But obviously, that was way before. I don't know why it says April twenty seventh. That was well before the uh, the trades or anything. So that's not recent, but. We'll, that's, we'll have, we'll have that's interesting because mine is dated to 25th of April, and that was, and I still have the Rams and the Eagles as the number one and number two. So I don't know if you just didn't update or when you looked at it, you accidentally typed a letter, and you know what I'm saying? That's probably what I did. Is I probably went in like accidentally hit something because I have guys in here that that didn't even go in the first round that I probably went to had there. Um, I had the Packers taking Darren Lee, the linebacker from Ohio State. I had the Packers taking Jerron Reed from Alabama. I didn't have outside of Laquan Treadwell. I didn't have any other receivers in the first round, and you know Josh Doxson, Will Fuller, uh, Treadwell, and then Corey Coleman all went in the first round. So, yeah, <laughs> interesting, right? right? <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny looking back at it now to kind of see where we, how we did. But uh, all right, let's get into the show. Uh, if you guys want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at the Two Man Blitz. Email us the Two Man Blitz at gmail if you listen on iTunes, please give us a, a ranking review. All it's going to do is kind of help out our show. You know, like I, like I said on previous shows, you know, we're, we're doing this show just because it's me and Daniel just enjoy talking about football. And if we're going to talk about football, might as well just, you know, record it and let other people listen to it in case anybody else likes it. But, yeah, give us a ranking review so we can help our, help our show grow a little bit. Um, but let's get into um, the Championship Sunday recap from this past weekend. Now, it's been like five days. So I got to kind of recall some of these games and <laughs> put my mind back into them. We're going to talk about the uh, AFC Championship first, the Steelers at the Patriots. Patriots won 36-17. This game, uh, it seemed like it could be close early on, and then the Patriots just kind of took over, and uh, Steelers just, just didn't really have any answer for anything the Patriots could do. Yeah, I was watching this game um... – I caught the first half of it, and you know it wasn't that bad, nine to seventeen going into the half. But one of the big things that happened in this game is Le'Veon Bell went out, and he never got back into the game. And everybody was like, "Well, obviously it was something enough to make Tomlin not want to play him." And it was actually because he hurt his groin, apparently. Uh, so just more injuries coming from that that trio of you know Brown, Bell, and Big Ben. They never are all on the field together, but when they are, they do good things and so you saw it here right after that happened they got nothing going offensively and that was pretty much the story of the game we talked about before last week is bell 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 that was the answer to beating the patriots and well they didn't have bell so there's your there's your answer why they lost yeah bell's the reason why they got through the first and second round i mean they gave him i think 29 carries one game and 30 another he i mean he was he was the focal part of their offense and as soon as he went out he only had six carries for 20 yards in this game and he didn't play past the first quarter, I don't believe. So that 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 really hurt their team. Uh, but Tom Brady, man, Tom Brady is just—he's so good, so good. He had 384 yards, three touchdowns. He had some big days from his receivers. Chris Hogan had nine catches, 180 yards, two touchdowns, and Edelman had uh, eight catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Their offense, man—they uh, were 11 for 17 on third downs. That's that's pretty impressive. That's uh, that's really good. They uh they seem to have any have an answer for no matter what Pittsburgh threw their way. Um, some of their play calling was excellent. The uh, the little flea flicker they had at like about the thirty yard line, um, it pulled the I don't know what there's what's their safety's first name Mitchell. What's his first name? Who I knows Malcolm? I don't think it's so. not Malcolm Mitchell, but I can think <laughs> it was I can think of his name. But uh, the little the little flea flicker they did you know Brady handed it off to to Deion Lewis it, it pulled the safety in and uh when he ball when he uh threw the ball back to Brady um Chris Hogan got behind the safety and you know wide open touchdown so they they just they just had an answer for no matter what Pittsburgh's defense threw at them yeah and, and then you know they have to go back to D'Angelo Williams and that's a totally different running back you're not no longer have the you know the patience that Le'Veon Bell has to find and find a hole and you know, grab an extra two or three yards here and there from from using that patience, and so and and Antonio Brown was nowhere to be found either, considering that you know he's he'd been emerging as one of the weapons in the in the passing game. So 
I don't just not a lot of good things coming out of this game for the for the Steelers. How much of an impact do you think the uh, the Facebook Live issue from the previous week played in the way the Steelers perform? What's your thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I just it's hard to tell. I mean, you you never know. I I more so I'm gonna blame this on that Le'Veon Bell not being there because it took took a huge element out of their offense. Uh, it would have been interesting to see if Bell was still in the game, how well he would have performed, but. I don't know. I can't really speak to it. We were talking about this the other day. It's like trying to speak to, you know, if this guy, you know, if if the Giants weren't on the boat before they played the Packers, like, we'll never know. That's true. They obviously, you know, Bell going down, it kind of changed their whole game plan. But, you know, they have enough weapons on that offense that they should be able to, you know, work with what they got, even with with Bell being hurt. D'Angelo Williams is a, you know, a serviceable 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 backup you know Antonio Brown's one of the best receivers in the game Eli Rogers is a pretty good slot receiver you know they got Jesse James at tight end and you know Big Ben is a two-time Super Bowl champion so you would have expected more out of that team especially in a big game like this um you know one thing that that crushed them and it, it hurt them last week too but they were able to to get by KC is they were only one for three in the red zone this week last week against Kansas City they were they were 0 for 4 you can't you can't trade field goals with Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady will make you pay. Yeah, and the interesting thing too about this game is that there wasn't a lot of penalties. There was only a total of twenty nine yards in penalties. Three of them against Pittsburgh, two of them against New England. So it wasn't like the officiating crew was getting in the way or, you know, what have you, any excuses they want to make. They just couldn't get anything going because their offense was just flat and Big Ben didn't have I mean, apart from all the garbage time yardage he had to throw because they were down so bad. He didn't have a very good game. He threw a touchdown and threw an interception. It's like the same stat line every single game that he comes into. He's always throwing and throwing a touchdown pass and an interception. They're about the same. It's always like a two and two or a three and two, and it's just not efficient quarterback play. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Big Ben, man, he's like he does have those those two Super Bowls, but you look at his his track record in the playoffs like you know he always does a good job getting there but he's inconsistent man like even during the regular season he's very inconsistent like you know he'll go a game or two where he just lights it up and you know he had a game against Kansas City earlier this year where you know he had 400 yards and like five touchdowns and then you know he bounces back with games you know with zero touchdowns and two or three interceptions he's he's not he's not consistent whereas you look at like Brady and Rodgers Brady and Rodgers you know they're going to play pretty much as 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 good at home as they do on the road you're not going to see a big drastic or drastic decrease when they head on the road and big ben man i I, maybe he's not as good as you know it it appears that he is maybe he's not the same quarterback maybe he used to be when he was when he hasn't won a championship they won that championship in 109 i believe or 2010 so i mean it's cardinals yeah it's been six seven years so yeah i mean and now he's coming out and talking about I know those those rumors about him like Mullen retirement. I don't think he retires at all. I think it was just him saying. I think people were reading into it too much. I think it was more or less, you know, he's saying, you know, at this age, you know, every player probably should think about, you know, uh, sit back and think about retirement um, due to their, you know, like their safety risks and stuff. But I don't think he's at any point ready to retire. I read a I read an article the other day that if he does retire, he would owe the Steelers eighteen million dollars. So I don't think he's going to waste. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he, paid nineteen. Go ahead. He's he's gonna get paid nineteen million this next year. So why would he? Why wouldn't he try to? Come right. Back for exactly. That? Yeah. So it. I think you know, like Earl Thomas said the same thing after he hurt his leg. He's like, you know, I'm thinking about retirement, and it, you just get that way. You get you, you know, who wouldn't be upset after losing a game that potentially puts you in the Super Bowl and say something like that? It's it's understandable. We're human beings too. Just the emotion of the game. Yeah. That's exactly. That's all it is. In the end, we're all human beings, so I, I can understand why he said that when he did. One more thing I'll mention, man. Since 2001, New England and Pittsburgh have played in three AFC championships against each other, and uh, New England's 3-0 in those games. So I think that's I think that's another thing why Big Ben came out and said that. Maybe he realizes, like, like why well, keep playing? Because I'm not going to beat New England until Tom Brady leaves, so mm-hmm. what's, the, what's the point? And I, I think... I, I think you just need to, you need a bit better performance from someone like Antonio Brown. 
uh, you know, he's a star receiver. These are the type of games. I mean, we'll talk about Julio Jones here in a moment. Julio Jones showed up on the big stage, and obviously Julio Jones had a much better matchup than Antonio Brown did, but, you know, Antonio Brown needed to have a bigger impact in this game if Steelers were going to win. Yep, I can agree with that, man. You got big-time players got to step on big-time moments. Yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, so we got the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Um, the other side of the bracket, we got the we had the NFC Championship. This was the uh, the Packers at the Falcons. This was never really a game. The Falcons won forty four twenty one. Atlanta went up twenty four nothing by halftime. Um, they they stretched the lead to thirty one nothing early in the third quarter after a seventy three yard touchdown by Julio Jones. And as soon as he caught that ball over the middle, you knew he was going to score. He just just. Where he was at on the field, where the safety and where the corner were at, like he, all he had to do is, you know, just run as fast as he could, and he was gonna be in the end zone. And he, out, he outran the the corner. He, I think he like stiff armed Haha Clinton Dix into the ground and ran into the end zone. And at this point, I was uh, trying not to chuck my remote and my phone at the wall. Do you know exactly what play they ran on that? They ran the same play that they ran against the Panthers. It was, that, I know, that, I know. That, that mid-range crossing pattern where they just let Julio run across the field and, hey, do something with it. Same result, man, same result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, man, you got it. I was going to say, it was, it, was a, it was a rough game for the Packers. They definitely, uh, they didn't show up. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why they lost this game. I mean, you could you could put your finger on a couple of things like the Ripkowski fumble. Uh, the the Packers were were down ten nothing in the first quarter. They were they were driving. Uh, Ripkowski fumbled around the ten yard line. Uh, Atlanta fumble or Atlanta recovered in the end zone. And there was a touchback, and you know they went down the field. Went up seventeen nothing. You know that that was a big big momentum switch in the game. But even without that, even if the Packers had scored a touchdown or a field goal on that drive, they weren't going to have enough to stop Atlanta. Yeah, there was a it it just seemed like they they uh, they spent all their energy on the Dallas game. I don't know. It I think because of the magnitude of how they won that game, it was like at the end and you know, they have the strong drive by Rodgers, you know, the 30-yard pass. You you get so like, oh yeah, we finally overcame that hurdle that you forget about the next step and being the next step was it's a big step to go to Atlanta and try and win that game, and you can't really fault anybody. I mean, there's a, Atlanta's been putting up 30 plus points on how many teams these last I don't know how many weeks, and they did the same thing here. It's just sometimes, man, it's it's they're just there's teams out there just gonna put it to you, and there's nothing you can do about it. But yeah, McCarthy said in the uh, post game interview, he's like, we ran into a buzzsaw. Like he just yeah. just give it up to Atlanta, man. This was. Atlanta's time like we talked about last week man is it, this is Matt Ryan's moment like this is where he needs to step up if he wants to be with the elites and he did man he had almost 400 yards passing he had five touchdowns one, one of them was rushing 139.4 passer rating Julio Jones he had the same same stat line as Chris Hogan nine for 180 and two touchdowns Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman were involved they both had a touchdown and they were 10 for 13 on third downs, man. They, they couldn't have played a better offensive game if they tried. This might have been the best offensive game they've had all season. And right in the, in the, in the right moment, man, um, the defense even stepped in. They did a great job getting pressure on Rodgers. You, you notice that throughout the whole game. Dallas didn't start getting pressure on Rodgers until late in the game, and they saw it made a difference. But Atlanta did it from the get-go. And, you know, like the first Packers drive, they had to settle for a field goal, which um, Crosby missed. Because they brought pressure right up the middle, and Rodgers was um, he didn't have any time to to find an open receiver and had to settle for throwing the ball away and, and kicking a field goal on fourth down. So their defense did a great job bringing pressure. Yeah, I think that's a, one of the least talked about things with the Falcons is their defense. Their defense is really young, and they've made a lot of really good improvements. They got a, they got a you know, young pass rusher. They got Vic Beasley. Got a lot of young guys in the secondary, and Trufant is out. That's just another key hit to their secondary, but. They've picked up, you know, the slack, and they've they've been doing really well this season. And I think it's going down the line. That's going to be one of the key things that people are going to have to watch out for is the Atlanta defense, and they they sneak under the radar, which is even more impressive about this defense. And I mean, when you get pressure on Rodgers, make Rodgers have to throw quick, and he he doesn't want to throw quick, then that's usually a recipe for success. 
Yeah, they got a lot of good young players, man. Like you mentioned, um, they, had, they, they drafted Vic Beasley. I think Vic Beasley was last year they drafted him or the year before. And then this this past year they drafted Keanu Neal, uh, the safety from Florida. And when he was drafted, people were like questioning it. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of scouts had him as like a second or third round grade. And they drafted him here in the first round. And, and he's basically the Cam Chancellor of this defense. And Dan Quinn nailed it, man. He's had a huge year. You know, he's going to be up for rookie of the year. I don't, I don't think he wins it because of some of the other guys. But he's had an awesome year. And I think it's is it Deion Jones, the linebacker is his name. Um, he's had a huge impact too. Yeah, absolutely. And then they got a second-year guy, Jalen Collins, the one that caused the fumble on oh, Rutkowski. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he came out and he, you know, he's second-year guy and making up, making plays. So I think that's what it takes. It takes these young guys to to make some plays. And and you know, like I think back to a lot of the the veterans around the league that say that rookies just a tag. Sometimes it is just a tag. These guys come out and they they make these big plays. So this goes to show you that. It's not always you get rookie jitters because you're just a rookie. Like like I said, it's just a tag. I think about the team that, that went to Super Bowl last year from the NFC, the Carolina Panthers. And last year, like everybody was just waiting for the Panthers to lose and slip up because we just it didn't make sense why the Panthers were so good. They just didn't have a lot of weapons on offense. Cam Newton just had you know the best year of his career. That defense was on fire. And I think that's why they went – I think they went 14-2 and last year or 15-1 and or something like that. Um and then this year they just they slipped up big time. I look at Atlanta. Atlanta looks like they're the best team in the NFC. They just they look the part. You know they got a lot of offensive weapons. They just got Mohamed Sanu. Um, they got two really good young running backs. Uh, that defense we just talked about really young. They're going to be good. They're going to be they're going to be back next year, and I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC again next year. I mean they still got another game this year, but um, I don't think this is a team that's going to slip up like the Panthers did did this year. Yeah, I mean, they look like a complete team. They don't look like they need anything, and that's how you know you're doing something right. You got a good recipe. So that's a. I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I was gonna talk about the Packers right now. So a uh, couple of the reasons why they lost this game, not just the Rukowski fumble, um, the cornerbacks. Man, they didn't they didn't bother to cover any of the receivers. I swear, every single play, Matt Ryan threw the ball to a receiver. They were wide open. The only reason why receivers weren't catching the excuse me the receivers weren't catching the ball at times is the ball may have been a little overthrown or there was a drop but man every receiver was wide open no matter who it was whether it was running the running backs Muhammad Sanu Julio Jones they were just open all day I don't think they're gonna have the the Falcons are gonna have as easy of a time against the Patriots the Patriots are one of the best defenses in the NFL so it should be a good matchup but also the you know no matter what the Falcons explosive offense did no matter what they ran the Packers they couldn't stop it um, Atlanta was fantastic on third downs, which really was a was a key to the game. Um, they only stopped Atlanta once the entire first half on third down, and you know if you can't stop them on third down, you're not gonna get the ball back. Um, they they got no pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, the Packers receivers dropped a lot of balls. You know, Nelson. I, I was impressed with Nelson, dude. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Jordy Nelson. I think he had like six for like sixty and a touchdown, something like that. But to come back two weeks after you know breaking a couple of ribs and going out there and I thought he was just going to be more of like a decoy but I mean he seemed like to be the focal receiver in the offense and Rodgers was looking for him and he wasn't afraid to take hits it was impressive to see him out there yeah absolutely and you know they did a post-game interview with Rodgers and you could tell it 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 was fueling them to keep them wanting to keep going in the games you can get up down early and just kind of say yeah let's concede and give up and they didn't. They started to put some points up. I mean, obviously, they didn't put enough up to win, but you know, it goes to show that one guy just by his effort that he's showing, well, can can boost the offense and make you want to play and play hard to the end. And that's what they did. Yeah, man. The Packers and the Steelers. I'll give it up for both teams. They both, you know, I forget, I forget the the exact number, but I mean, they both won eight or nine of their last games going into the the AFC and NFC championship. So they both went on really good runs I think it hurt both teams um, not having a buy uh, to be able to be able to rest up I mean the Packers they have their their bye week uh, was week four or five this year so they I mean they've been they've been going hard ever since you know early October and uh, you know Pittsburgh's had a lot of injuries this year as well you know Big Ben was banged up Le'Veon Bell I mean he had to leave this game because he was banged up they didn't have Martavis Bryant this year. I think that really hurt hurt Pittsburgh. So I think Pittsburgh and, and Green Bay are, are both going to be teams 
that are going to contend for division titles again next year. They're both both really good. Um, but I think they just they ran out of steam. I think New England and Atlanta were just the healthier teams having a bye week to kind of rest up, get their mind straight, and I think it really helped them in here in these games. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. So we got a good matchup. You know, as bummed as I am that the the Packers aren't in it, I'm sure you're bummed the Cowboys aren't in it. Um, I really like I really like the Super Bowl matchup. I mean, you got probably the the best offense in the NFL in Atlanta going against maybe the best quarterback of all time, like all around quarterback of all time. Um, and Tom Brady, this is Tom Brady's and Bill Belichick's seventh Super Bowl, so it should be a really good matchup. It'll be fun to watch. Um, on next week's show, we'll, we'll we'll dig deeper and we'll preview that game and give you our picks on that. Um, but it, sh- it should be exciting. It should be a fun Super Bowl. There should be a lot of points put up, too. Yep. I think Did the over-under. S- Go ahead. I was going to say the over-under. I think the over-under was like 55 or 58 or something like that. It's pretty high. Yeah. It's – let me see. The over-under is – oh, I just saw it. I thought – never mind. I don't have it up. I thought I had I'll it. Look, never mind. I'll look it up. Um, I was just looking at the, uh, the last couple times that Atlanta and New England have played, and the last time they played was in 2013 – and that was the year that New England went to the Super Bowl, I want to say. No. Who did they what? Yeah, right? 2013. What year? 2013. Was that the year that New England went to the Super Bowl? I mean, they're there every other year, so I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. It might have been. But uh, the last time that they had played, New England won 30-23. to And then the previous time before that was 9 and New England won 26-10. So in the last five matchups that I'm looking at, Atlanta's only won one game, and that was in 98. Atlanta won 41-10, and I believe that was right before Belichick got hired. So since Belichick's been hired on to to coach, they've beaten Atlanta every single year. So we'll see if Matty Ice gets his revenge in this this fifth matchup between, or I'm sorry, this new matchup, which is going to involve him and going to be a really good game i think yeah man i agree i agree the uh, over under is 59 right now new england's favored by three so it should be a high high scoring game it should be fun yeah all right a couple more things we're going to talk about um it's going to be a shorter show this week just because there's not as much to to chat about but we're gonna um since the packers and steelers just got knocked out let's talk about some of the offseason needs for each team we'll start with the steelers uh the steelers are going to have the 30th pick in the draft they got about forty-two million dollars in cap space. Um, I think I think their number one thing that they need to address this offseason they got they got to pay Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. whether whether they franchise tag him or they give him a contract. They they gotta they gotta fix they gotta get his contract settled down because that's I mean he's the focal part of that offense. And I think they also need to add some running back depth. They uh, D'Angelo Williams is getting up there in age. I think he's like thirty-four years old. Um, they need someone behind Le'Veon Bell. We, we've seen it the last couple of years. Le'Veon Bell is very injury prone. You know, he's been hurt pretty much every year of his career. They need to have a, a nice solid backup to, to come in after him um, in case he gets hurt. Yeah, I think they I think they need to – I agree completely with the Le'Veon Bell thing, and I, I'd be very interested to see what his contract looks like considering that he's very injury prone. We've seen it the last two years. You know, I, we talked about how the trio hasn't been together that much. But I'd also like to see what they do about edge rusher. Obviously, James Harrison's getting up there on age, and somehow he still continues to play at an elite level. But they need to have somebody to sit behind him to to kind of learn and, you know, to be able to groom a little bit to, to come in and replace him. Because other than James Harrison, like, Bud Dupree, he's he's been really great this year. But I see more of Bud Dupree as, like, he's kind of the, he's the weak side guy. So... They need somebody to be able to rush the passer on the outside to come in and replace James Harrison. So we'll see if they go for anybody in free agency or if they come up in that and do the draft and they uh, address that with a draft pick. Yeah, I agree. I, some of the guys I have written down, um, I, I see them addressing this in the draft. I, I could see them even with their first pick taking someone like uh, Tim Williams out of Alabama or Charles Harris out of Mizzou or Demarcus Walker out of Florida State. I don't think Demarcus Walker right now is – more protected as a second round pick but there's a lot of good edge rushers coming out in the draft and I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll grab one I think another couple areas they need to address I think they need to address the cornerback position um Pittsburgh's a team unlike Green Bay that will spend some money in free agency um Stephen Gilmore Stefan Gilmore out of Buffalo he's a he's a free agent Tremaine Johnson from LA is a free agent and so is AJ Boye from Houston who had a huge year he's a 
he's like a typical a prototypical shutdown corner. Um, so if any of those guys leave their current homes, those could be guys that they look at adding to their squad if they have the money for it. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing they could also look at too is um, they might want to look into into backup quarterback now. I mean, word on the street is that Ben is retiring. I don't think they really see a lot in Landry Jones. I mean, the couple games that he's been in, he hasn't really done anything. Sitting especially behind Big Ben. Now, obviously, we talked about Big Ben's inconsistencies, but they're going to need to have somebody there that's going to come in. And, you know, if Ben does leave, then that's going to be a big question mark for them. And they can't just rely on Ben coming back. So they need to address somebody to follow his steps. Yeah, just like the Cardinals, man. The Cardinals, obviously, they see Car- Carson Palmer is getting to the end of his, you know, his life here in the NFL. I'm sure the Cardinals are plan on drafting a quarterback pretty early this year if they want to get a guy that, you know, they want to groom for the future. Because the couple of guys that they they have have they've I mean they drafted Logan Thomas a couple of years ago. They got Drew Stanton on the team. I mean Drew Stanton's not like the future. I mean Drew Stanton's been around for a while. So they just like Pittsburgh, they need to get a guy so they can groom him for a couple of years. You look at what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers. I mean Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre for you know four years before he became the starter and you know look at the benefit that that did for him a lot of quarterbacks man that get drafted and like are forced to start right out the gate they don't always do so well man it does work out for some but a lot of times it hurts man look at geno smith remember when geno smith came out geno smith was supposed to be like the real deal and he wasn't any good ej Manuel got drafted that same year both those guys were busts and they're backups now you know winston and Mariota are looking good but you know golf last year carson wentz you know that that could be partly because of the team around him but it, it's it's more beneficial for a quarterback if he can sit behind a, a veteran for a couple of years and learn yeah absolutely that's I mean we, we preach it all the time finding a backup quarterback is is key in this in the NFL and you got these teams like you know Green Bay Favre to Rodgers and you know we'll probably see the same thing with Brady hopefully they get to keep Garoppolo if not then obviously they'll address it in some way but there's these uh there's teams that are the these aging quarterbacks are getting up there you know you get guys like big ben and tom brady and these you know some of the elite pass or the elite quarterbacks in here are going to be start leaving pretty soon and they're going to have to find somebody to come in and and keep the keep the franchise going i got one more question about the steelers for you and you know they got antonio brown uh obviously a stud they got Eli Rogers who's just going to be a he's basically just a slot receiver just because of his size and his speed but Martavis Bryant a guy that, that they they missed this past year do you think he's the long-term answer because obviously he's he's had issues with with you know off the field issues that resulted in him getting suspended for this entire year kind of like Josh Gordon you know I, my thought is is like you know I, I could see there's two guys I have written down that I could see them possibly adding in free agency especially with, with Big Ben where he's at an age, is a guy like Deshaun Jackson or Ted Ginn, someone who can just who's just a, like a deep threat who can stretch the field. Because Antonio Brown, I mean, Antonio Brown can do everything, but Antonio Brown's not your guy that's going to you know, run, uh, run a lot of fade patterns or run a lot of um, deep routes down the field. He's kind of like a more 10 to 15-yard kind of guy. Um, I could see them adding a guy like that to kind of stretch the field a little bit. Uh it's hard to how do i put this antonio brown is such a unique receiver in a sense that he is a number one receiver no matter like hands down but he's not like a julio or like a mike evans or a dez where it's like hey i'm gonna throw a ball on your back shoulder high up jump up and go get that if you got a bigger corner you can kind of put the ball anywhere and he's gonna catch it and so he's a very unique receiver in that in that sense I would like to see them go with a bigger possession receiver. Like, I need you to get me a first down on the sideline. I'm going to put it up in the air. You jump over the corner. I want to see them get somebody more like that and utilize Antonio Brown more for those unique routes that he's going to run, the screen routes and the quick slant routes, kind of like how Odell does and things like that because that's the type of receiver he is. And um, So for me, I think Martavis Bryant is a good answer. But, I mean, they couldn't go wrong with a big possession receiver. Obviously not somebody like a Mike Williams or, you know, like a like a Pierre Garçon or anything like that. But, you know, somebody that can that get them downfield 10 in big chunks, like 5, 7, 10, but can also jump up and catch the ball. So that's my thought on that. 
Yeah, um, I, I just think they really need to add like just one more weapon. I think they're one weapon away. They they can't with Martavis Bryant history. I mean, they can't they can't rely on him being there next year just because who knows what's going to happen in the offseason. I mean, guy needs to stay out of trouble, you know. Um, Josh Gordon obviously wasn't able to do it, and that's got him where he's at right now. So we'll see. We'll see. I think Ladarius Green, I think he was a good addition, but, you know, he's had all these issues with, with concussions and stuff. So we'll see when he comes back next year how much of an impact he has. But when he was in there, he had, he was he was good for that offense. It'll be very interesting to see because there, there was something that came out that there, the NFLPA is going to review, you know, like the policies on, on like the marijuana drugs and things like that. So we'll see what that looks like because there's a lot of players that have been suspended because of that. And if they become more lenient, I'm, I'm interested to see if what that looks like for these players, if they get to come back or how that's going to work. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I read that too. Um, all right, let's move on to the, to the Packers. Um, they have the number 29 pick in the draft, about $36 million in cap space. Uh, a couple of things they need to do right off the bat. I mean, the Packers, if you're, if you're not aware, they're not a team that does a lot in free agency. They usually don't add a lot of guys. I mean, over the last 15 years, I mean, two guys I can, I can, I can three guys I can name that they've, that they've signed that have had an impact. You know, this year, Jared Cook, uh, they added Julius Peppers a couple of years ago, and then Charles Woodson. You know, outside of that, they don't, they don't add a lot of guys in free agency. They they grow with from within they um they draft guys and they uh they uh they grow them from there um they need to resign a couple of guys though i think tj lang needs to be resigned um he's one of the the best guards in the nfl uh nick perry outside pass rusher he's he had a breakout year he had about 11 sacks this year and and then jared cook jared cook was just on a one-year contract so i think they need to to bring him back because when he was in there and when he was healthy he, he was a huge impact on that offense and you saw it later in the season yeah, I think another person that they might want to look into signing as well is Micah Hyde. You know, Micah Hyde is they had they had a really depleted secondary this season, and I think depth is going to help no matter what you do. And Micah Hyde made a lot of really good plays this postseason, so he shows that he's a spark plug for the defense. And that's another person that I had on my radar that I was going to talk about. They need to sign as well. Yeah, I mean, there's two positions I want to talk about. Before we do that, I want to talk about the running back position. Um, McCarthy said came out and said the other day that Ty Montgomery is going to stay running, stay as a running back uh, going forward. So he plans to change his number this off season because he kind of has to. You can't wear eighty eight as a running back. You just NFL rules don't allow you to. Um, Eddie Lacy's a free agent. I, I mean McCarthy said that you know he wants them to re-sign Lacy. I don't know, man. The last couple of years, Lacy. I mean he he got hurt this year. Before he got hurt, you know he didn't have much of an impact and. And then last year, you know, he was a huge bust last year. You know, his, his first two years he played well, but, you know, these past two years he hasn't really shown much. So I don't know if they bring him back. And if they don't, you know, they could look at, you know, grabbing a running back um, early in this draft to, to go with Montgomery. I, I still don't think Mon- – I think Montgomery's good, but I don't think he's like a let – me, let me give it to him 20 times a game kind of guy. I think he's more of kind of a change-up back and the kind of guy that can – kind of like a Deion Lewis who can take five to ten carries in the backfield, but then – can also go out and you know play in the slot or play on the outside and you know catch some balls I think they need more of like a true runner uh, on their team so I could see that being a position that they they definitely address in this draft yeah I I was talking about it the other day I I think Montgomery would be a nice asset to a, a back that you can put in on first and second down like you know grind out get the quick yards and then bring in Montgomery on third down and have him as a change of pace you know, split him out as a receiver because that's what he originally played or keep him in the backfield, screen him, run the ball with him if you need to and just a spell running back for, for more of a bigger guy like a, you know, a, a back like a Le'Veon Bell type back like a Zeke, you know, a, a, obviously a three down back but they don't predicate their team on the run. They predicate their team on the pass. Obviously, you see how well Rodgers does with it. So that'd be a nice addition for them to have somebody that can like, you know, go up the gut in the middle, get four yards make Aaron Rodgers have a second and six and then decide from there yeah I think I think a couple other positions I need to address um outside pass rusher you know Julius Peppers you know his his contract's up you know he's been making 10 million the last couple years I mean we signed him three years ago you know he's three years older now he he hasn't had much of an impact as as he did like earlier in his career so I don't know if they bring him back if they bring him back it could be like a one-year contract kind of thing but 
you know, if they wanted to bring in like another another veteran like they did with Peppers, I mean, Demarcus Ware's out there. Demarcus Ware's a couple years younger, so if they feel like Demarcus Ware can make an impact, maybe they bring someone like him in. I don't see that happening, but he is kind of in the same boat as, as Julius Peppers was a couple years ago. Um, but I think otherwise, they, that's a position they want to address in the draft. Clay Matthews is getting up there in age. He's been banged up recently. You know, Nick Perry's he's a pass rusher, but he's, he's a smaller guy. I think they, they need someone a little bigger to have on the outside, more of a presence. And then they obviously need to, to address the cornerback position. I think that needs to be their number one, number one need this off season. Um, they, they don't do much in free agency. So I don't see them going after any of those, those guys or giving any big contracts out. So I see them drafting, hopefully a cornerback in the first round. They drafted uh, two years ago, they drafted Demar- uh, Demarius Randall and, Quentin Rollins in the in the first and second round and both those guys played fantastic last year and then this year they've just been a huge bust Ladarius Gunter's been getting burned left and right and Ladarius Gunter man you know he got burned by Julio Jones this past week and you know people are hating on him but coming into the the year he was the fourth or fifth corner on the team you know Sam Shields was expected to be the one he had a concussion week one and he's been out all year Demarius Randall was expected to be the two with Rollins as the three. Both those guys have not played well at all. And Gunter's been thrown in there as the one with all the other injuries as well. And obviously hasn't been able to stop Julio Jones, Des Bryant, because they're Julio Jones and Des Bryant. But <laughs> I think they really need to add some some depth. There's a lot of good cornerbacks coming out. You know, a lot of the mock drafts have like five to ten cornerbacks going in the first round. So I'm sure they could grab someone late in the first round to to pencil in as you know their their number one or number two uh cornerback because you know a lot a lot of the rumors with sam shields are they don't with concussions you you don't you don't know i mean he's been out since week one with a concussion so obviously it's pretty severe does he does he come back and play anymore or does he realize like this is just not safe for my health i need to just retire and move on because if that's the case i mean who's your who's your number one cornerback going into next year demarius randall who's been getting burned all year long so that's definitely a position they really need to add somebody. And if Sam Shields doesn't come back, it would be nice to see them go out and get a veteran like a Stephon Gilmore, a Trumaine Johnson, someone like that to kind of give that veteran presence, someone who's actually been able to perform in the NFL instead of all these guys that have been just burned left and right. Because otherwise you're going to see the same issues next year as you did this year. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this with you the other day. We talked about, you know, Demarius Randall's playing out of position. He has been for the last two years. Demarius Randall coming out of ASU was a safety. And so when they drafted him, they had drafted him to be a corner. And he had some great games in his rookie year. And, you know, he just had a little bit of a regression. And, and, and probably because, you know, they, they could use some help in the pass rush. And, you know, there's things like that that you can help out. But I think if they do address and they go with some corner depth, it would be nice to see him go back to his old position of free safety. You know, I talked to you about it maybe looking at Clinton Dix, moving him up and having him play strong safety. You saw what it did for Landon Collins. You know, Landon Collins was playing free safety out of position and, you know, Landon Collins comes up and plays strong safety and now he's a, you know, he's a pro bowler. And so we'll, I, I, I'm going to be watching closely with Green Bay because, you know, ASU guys are near and dear to my heart, you know, because that's my football, my college football team. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to agree with you and they, they should go with some corner depth to help out with these guys and their coverage skills. Yeah. Well, cool, man. So that's our that's our take on the on the Steelers and Packers and some of the things they need to do this off season. You know, like we said, they'll they'll be back in the playoffs next year. They should be. You know, both these teams are really good. Both banged up on injuries, especially you know Green Bay. Um, both their quarterbacks, man. They're they're getting up there in age. I'm not sure how old Rodgers is, but I know Rodgers is probably 30 or above. And Rodgers has a lot of time left. Um, I mean, he's playing some of the best football he's played his entire career. If it wasn't for Matt Ryan and the season he's had, he'd probably be, you know, right there with Tom Brady for the MVP. But, uh, yeah, I see both these teams, you know, reloading, and and they'll be back in contention next year. Absolutely. So <clears throat> that's it for this show this week. Um, next week's show, we're, we're obviously going to preview the Super Bowl. Um, and let you know our thoughts on that game, let you know our, our picks and, and all that and some players to watch out for. Um, but we're also gonna we're also gonna do our, our awards as well. So next year we're gonna we're gonna talk about like you know who who was our MVP, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're gonna go through and and kind of uh, give our awards out for these seasons. So I'm excited to do that and I have a couple of the guys in my mind, but like I haven't 
put it down on paper yet, so I'm excited to kind of dig into that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also really looking forward to off season to be able to do some evaluation on draft picks, and we'll probably have we'll we'll start getting back into the top five list like we did before and doing different things about different draft picks. We'll do some mocks, and obviously you heard I only got three picks right in my mock draft, so hopefully I can do a lot better this season, and I'll actually be able to analyze the teams now that I've we've been doing it for you know more than 17 weeks and it's gonna be a really interesting off season i think it's gonna be great i think coming up into the next season it's gonna be really cool one thing i've really enjoyed about doing this show with you dude is that the fact that like obviously i can't you can't watch all the games it's hard it's hard to watch all the games but doing this show and trying and like doing the prep work for it you know you have to go back and you have to you have to dig into the box score you have to you know um watch more of the games and watch recaps and you know watch the the, the shorts um of the games off of uh bootleg mexican websites <laughs> and um so I, i've learned a lot more you know not just about the nfl but about like you know maybe players that i i wasn't familiar with like uh, you know backup you know number three number four cornerbacks for like the cleveland browns stuff like that um it's 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 increased my knowledge of of the nfl a lot and i've really been enjoying it so i'm really excited to dig into the to the draft prospects and learn a little more about those and um just get prepared for next season man the the off season i, lo- I love the off season i mean I'm, regular season is definitely a lot better but i love the off season up until after the draft come summer come like may june july it's just like at the dead time in the nfl that's where you just kind of sit back and watch some baseball and enjoy the the summer weather and and then once august comes along it just it's it's so close but yet so far away yep so <laughs> it'd be fun though but yeah, I, I hope you guys in, enjoyed our takes on this and our thoughts on you know how the, what the Packers and Steelers can do can do next year. Like I said, next next week we'll talk about the Super Bowl, do some awards, and um, yeah, watch watch Senior Bowl tomorrow if you get the chance. And uh, we'll chat with you guys next week. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I know we're not there today, but shout out to Easy Spaces like always. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Thanks, John. All right, we'll chat with you guys next week. Uh, Sorry for the late show this week again. Um, We'll try and get this guy out next Wednesday or Thursday, but be looking for it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Later. Later.